Hello and welcome back to the PAL with Tani G. I'm your host, Tani G. We're up to chapter 1, paragraph 15. Perak Aleph Mishnah Tet Vav. This is also a great paragraph, a great Mishnah. So listen in and let's go through it together. Shammai Omer, Shammai says, Asay Torah keva, make your Torah study a fixed practice. And the words on the bottom say, the notes on the bottom say, the story of Torah must be one's main occupation and a regular time and schedule must be set aside for it. It must not be relegated to a secondary position in man's daily life, for Torah study determines the extent to which we will understand and fulfill our duties to God. In the ultimate sense, every other pursuit is superfluous. Moreover, to maintain the discipline, one should set goals for his studies. And more ma'advya say harbe, say little and do much. The notes on the bottom say, The righteous promise little but do much. The wicked make grandiose promises but do little. The heavy mekabal is kol ha'adam besever panim yafos and receive every person with the facial expression that is pleasant. So this is also a wonderful Mishnah. Let's go and look at the individual words a little more closely for a little bit and see what we could glean from it practically, as we like to do on the PAL. When we say make your Torah study a fixed practice, it doesn't have to be anything crazy or anything grandiose or anything overbearing. It could be something as simple as just making a routine for yourself, a habit for yourself, as part of your daily schedule. For myself, I try to listen to a podcast not much different than this one. I mean, it's much longer and much more intensive and much more detail-oriented, but by Rabbi Rosner, a great rabbi who gives the Daf Yomi, which is a, a page of the Talmud every day, and he speaks it out, and as I'm on the train anyway, I use it for Torah purposes. I use it to make myself a set schedule to listen. So in the morning, I know that my 40 minutes will be devoted to listening to him, giving whatever the day is. And uh, as we do in the podcast here, this is also a way to make Torah study a fixed practice. I love doing radio anyway, so I figure let's make this podcast and, and go through one of the best books that I like, Ethics of the Fathers, Perkeyavas, and we're in the first season. We hope to continue to do more seasons in the future as well, and we hope you'll join us. So you can make your Torah study a fixed practice. It could also be something simple like going through the, the daily through the weekly Torah portion, the Bible portion of the week, and I do that sometimes on the train as well. And even reading a little bit of the prophets, you could read a little bit every day. There's also an email that goes out, and there's a little blurb about the chapter of the day that could be a fixed practice. So it doesn't have to be something crazy. It could be something simple. As long as you make it part of the habit routine, and you do that for like 28 to 30 days, it becomes second nature. It becomes part of your daily fixed routine and practice. When you say little and do much, that's really the best way to be. Our forefather, the great Abraham, was the quintessential example of this. When three guests came to him, and they were in the disguise of men. He didn't even know that they were angels sent by God. He was actually talking to God the third day after he gave himself a circumcision, which is the most painful day of a very painful event. He was speaking to God, and God knew how badly Abraham wanted, Avraham wanted to see guests, so he sent him guests, and it was so hot. God made it that hot so nobody would show up, but Abraham still wanted people so badly that God sent him the people, so Abraham was in the middle of speaking with God. He saw the guests, and he basically said, God, can you wait a minute? I'm going to go take care of these guests. So he went to the guests. He told the guests, I'll give you a little bit of bread, a little bit of something to eat and to wash your feet. It ended up that he made them a huge, amazing feast. He gave them each like a tongue, and he gave them an animal to eat, and these weren't even humans who were eating it. So he said little and do much. The converse of that is Ephron, Hachitim, the one who sold the burial plot for Abraham's wife, Sarah, after she passed. And he 
said what was it going to be, we're friends, and in the end he charged him a ginormous amount of money, which was 400 silver shekels, which nowadays estimates could be up to a million or two million or millions. And he said a lot, but did very little. So we should really try to be like Abraham. Say little, but do a lot. So say you'll help out a person, but go way above and beyond. Say you'll do this, but do much more, especially when it comes to our spouses and families and children. Say that you'll do something to your wife, but do for your wife, but do even more than that. And receive every person cheerfully. You can't imagine the effect it has on people when you give them a smile, when you interact with them, when you treat like them like human beings and you talk to them. All the people we encounter on a daily basis, whether it's people who run the trains and go through looking at your tickets on the train or the people you buy your coffee from, the barista, or the people that are cleaning up the school that you work in, every person you meet is an encounter and a chance to make a Kiddush Hashem, to sanctify God's name, and just to make belief in humanity that much better and that much brighter and that much more positive. So every person you see, even if you're having a terrible day, a terrible morning, even if you feel like life was horrible to you for years, you should try your best to put on that smile because you will make that person's day. Even if you're going through the subway and you're going through the turn station and you see the guy, give him a wave, give him a smile. And you know there's a famous story of a rabbi who went to fill up his car and then he passed away. And the guy, the attendant, asked where the rabbi was. And when they told him the rabbi passed away, he bawled uncontrollably. Why? Because that rabbi sat with the attendant every time he saw him. He smiled to him. He talked to him. He made a difference. And he listened to him, gave him the true value of the worth of being a human being. And he felt the the devastating effect of losing that rabbi. And we could all ascribe and, and try to be like that rabbi by doing what we can as well to make someone's day better, to make every interaction brighter and happier, just having that smile and that cheerful countenance with everyone we meet. Again, any comments, suggestions, or questions, send them to MaximumTEE at Yahoo.com. This is the PAL with Tani G. I'm your host, Tani G.